Look in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 22. The, the Bible is in its proper order. In, when you, when you, when you look at it, there's critics, all kinds of Bible critics, but Genesis is the book of beginnings. Okay? And in the book of beginnings, we know that in the first Adam, we lost everything. Lost everything in the first Adam. Uh, but here, in the book of Revelation, God closes out His book, the book of Revelation. We, we, we get back, uh, more than what we lost in the second Adam. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to read from verse 17. Revelation 22 and verse 17. And the Spirit and the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Father, we are thankful to be home in our home church. We do appreciate these folks, their prayers for us. We know, Lord, we've made it safely on the highways mainly because of what, what you've done for us, but also in honoring the prayers of your people. I pray you help me tonight. My intent is to be a blessing to these, your people, but at the same time to bring forth a challenge. We do thank you for the summer of evangelists and how our pastor planned that for us and how we've been benefited by it. I pray you to help me to close out this summer of evangelists well that you give us good liberty, make the preaching time easy. And Lord, as Brother Jimmy prayed, uh, if there is one here unsettled, not, not sure about salvation, we pray this be the night, or that they come to trust you. Help us now, and we'll thank it for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, here, as I said, the, the, the book's in its proper order. And I've heard different ones, you know, criticize all that. But here, what I read here, these verses that I read, I want you to notice that as God closes out His book, now the book of Revelation begins with a promise that there's a blessing upon just reading and hearing the book. Amen. But here now, he's John the Revelator, he's on the, he's on the Isle of Patmos, he's penning down these last words, God's closing out His book, John's closing out this book of Revelation, but the Lord's closing out the whole book, the Word of God. Amen. And as He closes out the book, He, he tells us four important things that we need to take note of as He closes out the book. Amen. It's kind of like this. 
uh, when you were courting, I trust you were courting one time, amen. And uh, if, if you wrote a letter, if you wrote her a letter, boy, if there's anything you wanted her to really take note of, you made sure you got it in before you signed that letter. Amen. But God made sure he got these four things in before he sealed up the letter. Amen. Amen. Now, what are these four things? Look in verse 17 again with me. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. We, we see here the last invitation in the Word of God. Amen. God gives one last invitation. One last opportunity. Amen. See, our Lord didn't come just to be a good example to mankind. He didn't come just to live a good life, a sinless life, be an example. No, He came because every one of us, because of the first Adam, every one of us are born separated from God. You don't have to do a thing to go to hell. I think I saw a gospel tract one time, had on the front of it, what, what you have to do to go to hell, and you open it up and it's blank. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. That's where you're headed. You're, you are bound for hell. You're on the broad road that leads to destruction. But see, uh, the Bible tells us that, that God would have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Uh, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus came. Why did He come? To seek and to save that which was lost. He came to be our substitute. He came to be our Redeemer. He came to pay our sin debt. Amen. Amen. So here now, He's closing out the book. One last one last time, He's making a plea. He's saying to, to those that are lost, Come. Come. Come now. Come. Amen. Okay. You know what your greatest need is? It's not a new automobile or a new truck or a new job or a new house or a new dress. Your greatest need is to make sure you're saved. Your greatest need is salvation. But you don't want to walk out of here with a question mark. You don't want to leave here not knowing where you're going to be when death... When the death angel knocks on your door. Amen. But see, God's making every uh, opportunity available. And He's closing out the book with a last invitation. Amen. Uh, when you think about love. The preacher's boy, he's been, he's been doing some great preaching out of 1 John. But when you think about love, when John, when John tried to write his gospel... The best John could do to describe the love of God was to say, for God so loved the world. Meaning that there's no way you can describe how much God really does love us. Amen. You know, God loves us so much, He doesn't want any of us to perish. And God gives every man an invitation, every individual an invitation. 
Hey, if you die in your sin, if you die lost, if you, when you die, you wake up in hell, you won't be able to blame God. God's giving you invitation. Amen. Now, salvation, I like the fact that it's called, there's that track that Ford Porter wrote. Millions of them circulated. It says, it says, God's simple plan of salvation. Here's the simple truth. You're a sinner. You're going to die in your sin. You was born on the wrong side without God. Amen. But Jesus paid your sin debt. He's knocking on your heart's door. He wants you to turn from your sin and turn to Him and gives you an invitation to come. You know what man's problem is? He thinks he needs to justify himself. I've got a sister, bless her heart, that uh, she, she actually thinks that if she does enough good and it outweighs her bad, that she might get to go to heaven. We, we have had opportunity after opportunity to witness to her and to talk with her and we pray for her. And we just can't get her past that thing of, of, of you know, well, I'm a pretty good person. Well, the Bible says there's none good. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What are you getting at, preacher? You won't make it to heaven by who you are or what you do, what church you become a part of, whether you've been baptized, however many new leaves you turn over. There's only one way. You've got to come by way of the invitation God gives. Amen. He says, come just as you are and receive Christ just as He is. Amen. Amen. Notice the invitation. It says, in the Spirit and the bride say, come. The Spirit gives an invitation. Um, Brother Taylor has, has been teaching out of the Genesis 24 since I think God hung the Big Dipper. Amen. No, maybe not quite that long. Amen. And uh, you'll humor it. That was humor. <laughs> but in Genesis 24, Abraham is a picture of God the Father. Isaac is a picture of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Brother Taylor brought this out. The servant, the unnamed servant, is a picture of the Holy Ghost of God. And Abraham the father uh, wanted to, to, to fetch a wife for his son Isaac. And he sent the servant back to his homeland to fetch a bride for Isaac. And to bring that bride back to Isaac. And he brought her back and, and they met in the field. He come out of the tent and they met in the field. What are you getting at preacher? I'm... I'm saying that's a whole picture of what God does. God the Father wants you to be saved. God the Son has paid the price for that salvation. And God the Holy Ghost is seeking you that you might see your need and repent of your sin and come to Him before it's too late. God wants you to be saved. The Spirit gives an invitation. Amen. Uh, When you talk about how simple it is, 
The simple part of it is when we realize, after we realize we're lost, the hard part is getting to that place. A lot of people, they don't see their need. They don't understand their condition. They don't think they need an invitation. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy. The Bible gives an invitation. If you're here and you're unsettled, oh, listen, God wants you to come. The Holy Ghost wants you to come. But then notice too here, it says in the Spirit and the Bride say come. Everything God does in this age is through the church. Just as God's interested in reaching the lost, that ought to be a priority in our life. Amen. We get caught up in our circumstance and forget why God left us here. Amen. Uh, gospel tracts. Barbara's, boy, she's better at it than I am. I go to the store. I'm not, I, I know you fellas aren't like this, but I've got one thing on my mind. I'm going there to get what we're getting, and I'm getting out. And I'm, and I'm going through the checkout line and I'm ready to leave. And I'm gathering up the few bags that we've got. And I see Barbara going through her purse. And then she finally, she pulls one out. And she gives that to that. Here, I want to give you this gospel track. And if you get a break, it'd be good if you could read that. My husband's preaching at such and such a church. And I don't know your work schedule, but if you get off, we'd like to we'd like to see you come. And all that does is it kicks me all the way back to the van. Hey, man, we forget about why we're here. We're here to reach the lost. Hey, man, if you're here and you've never been saved, your greatest need. God made it plain. He put a last invitation. This is your last opportunity. You, th- you might think you've got plenty of time, but I, I'm here to tell you, I saw something on the news today, watched a little news, and it said they've dropped the life expectancy in the U.S., okay? Uh, it's one of the lowest in the, in the world. Uh, the life expectancy is 76 years old. I look at that and I say, whew, I got a couple more years then. I know I'm using too much humor. What are you saying? You may not get 76 years. You might not get 56 years. You might not get 26 years. Are you getting the picture? God's giving you an invitation to come. And you need to come while He's inviting. While He's knocking on your heart's door. While He's bidding you to come. Amen. So there's a last invitation in the Bible. Let me move on quick. Look at verse 18. It says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Not only do we see a last invitation, but we also see a last warning 
in the Word of God. God gives a last warning. What's that warning? That warning is don't mess with her. Don't mess with the Word of God. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. I think the battle all the while that we've been saved, before we were saved, the battle used to be back in the 40s and the 50s. I hear some of them old timers talking about, used to hear them talking about, the battle was over the coming of the Lord. But since Barbara and I have been saved, we were saved in the early 70s, the battle's been over the Word of God. But in reality, it's always been a battle. You think about this. When, when God had made, you know, the, literally the world, everything, spoke everything into existence in six days, amen, and He rested the seventh day, it says that God looked over everything that He made, and he saw that it was very good. Amen. Well, the, the epitome of his creation was man. And he, he placed Adam in the garden there in the book of Genesis, Genesis 2 and then Genesis 3. In Genesis 2, when Adam was in the garden, uh, he charged, God charged him to name all the animals. Adam named all the animals. Amen. Why is an elephant an elephant? Adam, blame him, don't blame me. Amen. He named all the animals. Alright. Then after he named all the animals, God said that he, you know, he saw no help meet for man. And he caused that deep sleep to come upon Adam and from him took that rib and made woman. Now there in the garden, there in the garden, God told Adam, said you can eat of all the trees in the garden with the exception of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And here's what he said. He says, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now let me back up. I left the word out. He told Adam that he could freely eat of all the trees in the garden. Amen. Well, God saw everything that he made, that it was wonderful, that it was very good. And every time God blesses, you know who slithers in. The old devil slithered in. And the first words out of the devil's mouth was a question. And the question was about the Word of God. So it's not anything new. The devil said to Eve, Yea, hath God said? Are you sure you have the Word of God? Are you sure that book's right? You know what all those translations do? They cast a doubt on the Word of God. They don't help you understand it. They cause you to doubt it. Amen. Okay. We don't need a new rendering. No, no, no. We need the rendering to make us new. Amen. Amen. Okay. But the question was, yea, and the devil's still out there. The question's still being put forth, yea, hath thou said, are you sure that's the word of God? We have independent Baptist churches today using... Other, I don't even like to call them versions. Uh, 
but they're using, uh, I know one, I know one back in my hometown that's using the ESV. ESV, English Standard Version. Got a grandson, that's what he carries now. My sons begin to look at it. I don't know about you, that troubles me. I don't want a book to read like a newspaper. I want it to sound like God's talking. All those these and thous and ye and all that. Hey, that's clarifying. They talk about archaic words. There's words in them other so-called Bibles that you'd have to get a dictionary for. Amen. Hey, God's the one that reveals what that book says. Amen. Well, you know, I just have a hard time understanding it. Well, get on your knees. Amen. I'm thankful for a pastor that tries to help us to understand it. But that's how God works. Amen. But see, the devil threw a question mark out there. Now, look at Eve's response. You know, I could turn over there, but you know it. Eve responded to the devil. Well, that's her first mistake. Why in the world would you respond to the devil? Amen. And when she responded, she said, uh, the Lord said that we could eat of all the trees in the garden. Whoops, something's wrong there. She did the same thing I did a minute ago. She left something out. God said we could freely eat. Amen. She left out that word freely. uh, You're making too much of one word, am I? Amen. Hey, you and I, we can freely come to God for salvation. We can freely come to God and get understanding from the book. We can freely come to God and get help in time of need. But Eve left out freely. So she subtracted. As a warning there, don't subtract from the book. What else did she do? Then she added to it. For God said that we could eat all the trees in the garden with the exception of the tree of good knowledge, tree of knowledge of good and evil. And she said, for God said in the day that we eat, he said, he said, thou shalt die. Uh, she left out something there too. Or she put something in there. Lest ye die. Maybe I ought to read it. I didn't quote it well enough. You're looking at me too strange. Okay. All right, here's what it says. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. She added, Neither shall ye touch it. Hey, they could have touched it all they wanted to. They just couldn't eat it. So she subtracted from the word, then she added to the word, 
And then she changed what she didn't add or subtract. She said, lest she die. That's not what God said. God said, thou shalt surely die. Amen. So God put a warning. You don't add to the book. You don't take away from the book. Don't mess with God's word. Do you think if God's big enough to speak the world into existence that he's not big enough to put what he wants in a book? Duh. Amen. He doesn't need our help. Here, God, I'll help you out. Here's what you meant to say. No. God doesn't need help. Don't mess with the book. Don't mess with the book. Let me give you a third thing here. We've got the last invitation. It's important. We've got the last warning. Don't mess with the book. But then look in verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. We find the last promise. Amen. Amen. Hey, we've got a promise. Ah, we sing that old song. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen. But do we live that way? We've got a last promise. He says, surely I come quickly. You notice something interesting in here. Is as you look at Revelation chapter 22. There's three times the Lord mentions his return. Look in verse 7. He says, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Then look at it again in verse, in verse 12. He says, and behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. And then again in verse 20, which we've just read, he was testified. These things say, surely I come quickly. I think God's trying to get a point across. Amen. We've got a promise. The Lord's coming. Jesus is coming. Have you heard the news? Jesus is coming soon. There's another old song. I heard the chariots rumble. Talking about the king is coming. Hey, I want to tell you, the king is coming. Get ready. The king is coming. Amen. He's given us a promise. The Lord's coming. Uh, you and I need to quit tripping over our bottom lip. I mean, we, we look so depressed. It's no wonder nobody wants what we've got. I mean, you think about how we act. I mean, we're, we're shaking because the gas is, is uh, I mean, it's come down some. Okay. It's still, uh, still up. It's still up. It's, uh, don't, uh, I mean, they're playing a game with us. Amen. But we'll com- the groceries have gone up. And then you hear all the horror stories about there's not going to be food on the shelves. And China's bought up all our farms. And just, you know, what are we going to do? And. And uh, I, I mean, uh, we're, we're worrying about all the wrong things. I, I think when you think about this, all this has to come to pass. Uh, China's a world, uh, an end time player. Russia is an end time player. Syria and 
and uh, Iraq and Iran, the old Persian Empire, they're end time players. Israel's an untimed player, the victory. United States isn't in there. I hate that. I hate that for my grandson. I hate that for my great-grandchildren. I can't set a date. You know, there's been people who've tried to set dates on the coming of the Lord. I've told you before about that fellow back in 1988. Or 87 it was. Wrote a 88. I thought it was 87 first and then 88. Or was it 88 and then 89? Yeah, okay. 88 and 89. Okay, thank you. He wrote that book on 88 reasons why Jesus was coming in October of 88. And when, and when it didn't happen, he revised his book to 89 reasons why the Lord was coming in 80, October of 89. He was interested in selling books. And then that fellow campings that said he was coming in May of about five or six years ago or seven years ago. Amen. Hey, no man knows the day nor the hour, but you can rest assured we've got his promise. We've got his word. Jesus is coming. Amen. The last promise in the word of God. Jesus is coming. Now, where the confusion comes in is that the the coming of the Lord is not one single event. It's two parts. That's why they get confused. Amen. It has, it has parts to it. Ah, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He's in Revelation 4 and verse 1. All down through about verse... I forget the verse. But anyway... It, it's talking about it's, John there in Revelation 4 is a picture of the church. John is leaning on the bosom of our Lord. John is the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's a picture of the church. Amen. Okay. And John is caught up. He's raptured out. He's taken out and finds himself before the throne room in heaven. Amen. And that's before the tribulation period starts. It's a picture of what you and I are looking forward to. Uh, Everybody talks about signs. Matthew 24 and Luke 21. uh, Earthquakes in diverse places. Pestilences. Wars and rumors of wars. False Christ. Signs in the sun, moon, and stars. All these are signs to the nation of Israel. Amen. Uh, if, if you want a sign, if you want, if you really want a sign, it's the Jews that require a sign. But if you really want a sign, it's in 2 Timothy 3. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. We're in the last days. Paul thought he was in the last days. But we're in the last days before the Lord's coming. Amen. Uh, perilous times. But here, here, instead of looking for signs, you and I, what we ought to be doing is listening for a sound. Amen. Hey, what do you mean? I'm saying he's first coming in the clouds. You can see the father saying, son, go fetch your bride. Like Isaac in the tent. And Abraham says, there's that servant. He's brought that bride. Come on out, son. 
I don't think I had to tell him twice. Amen. Hey, all, all, all the Lord's waiting on is word from the Father. And when the Father says, go get your son, he's a coming. And when he comes, he's coming with a shout. He's coming with the voice of the archangel. There's going to be a trumpet blow. Glory to God. I should have got that brother up there with this trumpet. Woo! Glory to God. Hey, he's coming in the clouds. And you and I that have accepted that invitation, we're going up to meet him in the air. Amen. While we're up there, we're going through the judgment seat of Christ. While the earth is going through the seven years of tribulation. Three and a half years of false peace, followed by three and a half years of great tribulation. Don't listen to these on the internet that are telling you you're going through part of the tribulation. Don't listen to them. God's not appointed us under wrath. Amen. Okay. So at, at the end of that seven year period, after we've, after we've made ourselves ready and received our reward and we've got our white robes, Hey, hey, Revelation 19, see the heavens open, Revelation 4, and John's called out. Revelation 19, the heavens open, and the Lord's coming on a white horse, and all the armies in heaven are coming with Him. That's you and I, we're coming back with Him, amen. Amen. Uh, Sometimes we see people out riding their horses. And I told Barbara, I'm thankful you don't like horses, amen. (laughs) I couldn't afford to stable them. I'm not against them, amen. But usually when I, when I did try and ride a horse, I'd get one of them nags that didn't want to leave the corral. I mean, you digging your heels, trying to get her to go. And she gets out to that halfway point, and then she's coming back thinking she's in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> then I'm digging them heels in, holding on that, praying, God, don't let me fall. <laughs> but you wait till you see me then. <laughs> when the Lord comes back, I'm going to be doing... I'm going to make Roy Rogers envy me. Hey, man. What are you saying? Hey, hey, he's coming. Jesus is coming. Hey, man. Well, it has parts. It's, it's promised. But the, it's prophesied. Uh, it's personal. He's coming for us. It's not, it's not Gabriel. It's not Michael. It's the Lord Himself coming. Amen. But listen to me, listen to me. His coming, it requires preparation. Therefore be also ready. For in such a time as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. When we were first saved, we'd go hear them old preachers. I remember that brother Oldham. And I can remember hearing him up in Michigan at Prayer Baptist. And boy, he'd get his arms moving and everything. He'd be talking about a railroad crossing and the, and the guardrails come down and the bells are clanging and the trains coming. And, and uh, he says, everybody's listening to all them sounds and watching what's taking place. He said, you just think about this when the Lord comes. Hey, all them signs are getting ready. They're lining up. Amen. And he's, he's talking about the Lord's coming. He's got them arms going. He's excited. Hey, you couldn't go to meet him without hearing about the coming of the Lord. Hardly hear it now. 
hardly hear it. But I'm telling you, he closed the book out with it. A promise. He's coming. You got to be ready. You got to be ready as to your salvation. But then also, you need to be ready as to your standing before him. Hey, Paul, when he wrote about the judgment seat, he said, knowing then the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Talking about the judgment seat. The writer of Hebrews says, uh, uh, it's a fearful thing. To fall in the hands of a living God. You know, we've taken too many things for granted. We're planning on getting a building. Well, we're planning on going up. I saw one old man of God talk. He was jumping up and down. Somebody said, what are you doing? He said, I'm practicing. He might... Hey, we're headed out. It's a promise. It's as much of a promise as John 3.16. He's coming. Well, let me give you this last one and I'm done, I promise. There's the last invitation. There's the last warning. There's the last promise. But look at this. There in verse 20. It says, He which testified these things say, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Notice now. Even so... Come, Lord Jesus. We see the last prayer in the Bible. John's ready. He's praying, oh, Lord, come. Even so, come. Where did God it was today? My boys, when they were younger... When they were teenagers and they started to notice girls, that's normal. Did you hear me? That's normal. Amen. Okay. And I said, Dad, you preach on the Lord coming. I said, We want to get married. <laughs> now they're married and they got children. What are you saying? I'm saying that's how much fear we ought to have in our hearts. It could be today. We can't assume you're going to have this or that or the other. Those boys couldn't assume that they'd get married. They couldn't assume they'd have a family. Why the Lord's coming? See, but our prayer had not to be, what if this? Our prayer ought to be like John. Even so. Come. Lord Jesus. That's the whole answer right there. You'll forget about the gas prices. You'll forget about the grocery prices. You'll forget about paying rent. Or house notes. (laughs) Hey, it's going to be a glorious time. Amen. Amen. I I can't wait to see some of you in the rapture. (laughs) 
Everybody says, we know you're here, Brother Chuck. I had one come up and say, say uh, you know, I didn't see you in the service, Brother Chuck, but I could hear you. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. I've got something to be excited about. I'm ready to go. Are you? Are you ready? Are you really ready to go? There's only two people that know that. That's you and the Lord. Are you ready?